0: Zubida's world—it's just like your world, except when it's not. When we were driving, when we were driving to the Women's March in DC, we were in West Virginia, and we passed a bill—a a billboard that said, yeah. "Like." do you know if you're going to burn in hell or not? Call 1-800-whatever and get the answer. And I was like, my God, I don't know if I'm going to burn in hell. <laughs> so, <laughs> i got a good idea. <laughs> I don't know. No, and I so, know. And right up ahead was a rest area that we were stopping at anyway to go get drink, to, to go to the bathroom. Wow. So I totally called the number and talked to the guy, and I put him on speaker, and I was like, no, it's four of us. We're heading to the women. We're going to D.C., and he asked us if he could pray for us, and I was like, "Yeah, I mean, we're not going to turn down a prayer for somebody." And so, and I, uh, and he goes, "Is everyone there?" And I said, "Oh yeah, if the whole car's listening to you." And so, this man gave us a very nice prayer. They prayed to Jesus that we would be safe in our travels and wow. that no like harm would befall us. Well, well, it worked. And I know, <laughs> and all, I mean, it was a very nice prayer he offered us <laughs> after we spoke about whether or not I was going to hell. What did he say about that? Honestly, he was pretty kind about so he it. Well, that well. That well. <laughs> um, yeah, there you might are two get your two paths you could order. go down, but <laughs> yeah. in the long run, <laughs> yeah, you might want to get your affairs in order because things aren't looking good for you. Yeah. Season four, episode eight. Well, there are two paths you can go by. In the year of my birth, this song was released. And by released, I mean they sang it for the first time. It was not actually released as a single. But anyway, where I'm going with this is is that I totally think it means something. That I and the song came into creation in the very same year definitely needs something. There's a lady who's sure all that glitters is gold buying the stairway to heaven when she gets there she knows stores are all closed what she can get what she came for I'm not trying to imply that like I'm the lady angle, cause like I don't think her and I are the same kind of chick but I do think there's a sign on the wall man I mean I want to be sure so I mean maybe we are a little bit alike in that way I do you think things have much of meaning two meanings. I like trees. I mean, but that, that doesn't necessarily relate to her right now. He's just kind of setting a background to this. I mean, are my thoughts misgiven right now? <laughs> That's kind of a creepy convergence of my random narrative in the song. Did I say that it was some kinda oh, serendipitous that uh yeah same year man same year I mean does that mean like I don't know I could be a rock star of all time not I me mean, no I know it doesn't mean I'm a rock star I, I have no musical ability whatsoever I mean a little bit but not really no but you know I was reading about the song actually and um, because it wasn't released as a single like you know you would think it wouldn't be played on the radio but it was a lot I mean the The DJ's got that feeling. I don't ever look to the West. I fucking hate California, so maybe there's a divergence. But is it the singer, really the lady? So maybe we're not talking about the lady in gold. So maybe I'm still just a liker because of my earlier agreements. Are any of you looking? No, I mean, you're listening. You're obviously looking somewhere, not at me. I don't really know where I was going with that. Oh, man. Okay, so this article—it was meant at said that the song was described as, with its near-impressive length, no, no, near, up, yeah, near-impressive length, erratic changes in woo-woo lyrics, a quasi-medieval anthem. I don't think anyone's leaving anyone to reason in these days. Lady and Gold can foresee that. Yes, but will anyone hear it? (laughs) You get where I'm going with that one? Lay that out. Well let's go back a minute. I think I can be described as near-oppressive with erratic changes in woo woo lyrics. I mean, how? Like, I never realized the soul connection I had with the song. Like, it's the same as me. I am the same as it. we gonna have to explore that theme a little bit more. And as we wind on down the road, our shadows taller than our soul, there walks a lady we all know, who shines white light and wants to show how everything still turns to gold. And if you listen very hard, the tune will come to you at last, when all are one and one is all to be a rock and not to roll. And she's buying the stairway to heaven. talk this episode about hell and then about heaven in a kind of related weird way um or at least something that used the word heaven even if we didn't talk exactly about it um I had thought as I had put the musical bridge in and then stepped outside to smoke a cigarette that I would I was convinced that I would come back in the natural progression of this podcast would be to talk about purgatory. And actually I stepped outside hoping to, you know, really meditate on the concept of purgatory and like what I could extrapolate out from it and and just trying to view the lens, like use purgatory as a lens to view like my life and the world I'm living in and then come back and talk about that. But instead of, you know, thinking and shit about that, Instead I went on to Twitter because I love me some Twitter and I was kind of checking it through and after watching a couple videos um, and uh, all that good stuff, um, I in my Twitter feed, like one of the things that came up um, was I follow this Twitter handle called Uncommon Facts, which is you know a real nice ad to my Twitter feed. And it was a big ad today because all of a sudden like, totally blown my mind and I came racing back inside to talk to you. So check this out. This is what they said 24 minutes ago in my podcast, World of Time. Sometimes all you need is a second chance because time wasn't ready for the first one. It just blows my mind. And I'll tell you why, because not all my life, but like in the last two, three, four months, like I've become a really big believer in the fact that I think things happen at like, like the right time. And I don't, you know, and and, and I don't want to get caught up or sidetracked in the implications of that or, or how that can be or, any, or you know, g- any meta questions that we could answer regarding that concept. Let's just set that aside because that's not the point of this discussion. Like the point of this discussion is like, is there really a right time? And it wasn't that I figured this out, like I said, two, three, four months ago. I'd had glimpses of it here and there in my life And I I don't know, somehow, you know how sometimes you see a piece of the puzzle and another piece of the puzzle and you fit them together and and for the longest time like you don't know what the actual picture is and this is presuming that like somehow you have puzzle pieces but not the box and which is weird because I mean I'm a puzzle person and the box is always fucking there because you know I'm looking at the box I'm looking at the piece I'm going oh this must be in the upper right hand corner oh this is whatever I mean you use that picture of the box unless they give you an insert which is bigger which is way better If puzzle makers are listening they should take that tip But I get it. You could save so many of the pictures on the front, blah, blah, blah. But I digress. What I'm saying is is that we get these little pieces here and there that kind of were leading me towards the supposition that there is a right time. But it hasn't been until like two, three, four months ago that I've actually been able to like consciously, deliberately say and endorse the concept that, I mean, I wholeheartedly buy into a correct time um for things and and it's become such a driving uh, underlying i it force isn't the right word, but i mean the, the the this really has become a a pillar um in my world view and and really somewhat changed my approach to things too, which is completely and totally fascinating. And again, like I said, I had glimpses of this when I was younger. Um, So my dad, who has passed away over a decade ago um, and who I miss dreadfully every single day, he was a union steward and, um, and he just used to have the most outrageous battles with this terrible, horrible woman. Um, who was not a nice woman who was in management. And, and so I grew up, you know, witnessing, you know, these decades, this is lifelong battle between the two of them for things. And it was very, very acrimonious. And like I said, and, and she was a very nasty woman. Um, and my dad was truly one of those people who like was trying to do what was best for everybody. Like and was an extremely fair person, um, amongst his many good qualities. And so my dad died anyway. And fast forward past him dying, and we're at the services. We're at the you know, so people go the viewing, the showing, whatever you want to call it. It's a terrible, horrible ritual. I, I I don't know who came up with this or why and why it gets perpetuated. Because honestly, it's like the seventeenth ring of hell. I mean, what the fuck? I mean, it, it's just fucking terrible. But Neither here nor there. So, I, at, at the showing, um, I was talking with people, um, and at this particular moment, I was talking with a group of my father's friends, his, uh, very close friends, whom he also worked with. And as we were talking about Dan, up uh, stomps this nasty, bitter woman um, who had shown up and rudely interrupts us to ask what day my dad died. And I was like, uh, Tuesday, dad died on Tuesday. And she's like, yeah, that's what I thought. And I'm just staring at her going, what the fuck do you mean? And so she goes, yeah, I volunteer at that hospital six nights a week. Um, and I, I'm the one who like goes and talks to the people when somebody dies or seriously hurt. Keep them company and to comfort them, which really blows my mind. And I mean while I applaud her for her like charitable acts, like I can't imagine this like mean, bitter, nasty woman like being a comfort to anybody. And honestly, like as horrifying as Dad's death was, like it would have been made like ninety thousand times worse had this bitch like come into that room and wanted to sit with us or or pretend to grieve with us or just and and so anyway then she says her piece. She never says, sorry about your dad, blah, blah, blah. She turns and stomps away. I don't know where she goes, bitch. And I distinctly remember, and I think this is the very, very first time that at least I can remember that I consciously saw a glimpse of what this puzzle, the picture of this puzzle was going to make. Because I turned to my dad's friends and I said, I don't understand why dad died but I now know why dad died on Tuesday. And that has really stuck with me. Now, in recent times, it's been better kind of things that have also convinced me of that also. So I don't want you to think that my life is some great tragedy um, because I am very blessed that I'm currently living a very happy life um, and and working to make it happier every day. I I mean, I'm living a joyful existence And I couldn't be more, you know, excited about that. I mean, my friends are fucking amazing. My job is amazing. Like, my life is amazing. Like, I am amazing. And I don't care how you think that sounds. I mean, I don't know, man. I love myself. And I love the world around me. And what a amazing fucking thing so this is you know weird because in this whole talk where I was gonna live in purgatory I kind of touched on heaven and hell again in broader constructs um yeah but things really like so then you know like I put this pressure on myself like I want to make a podcast but and and the podcast itself isn't pressure but that you know And, and, you know, my friends or or loyal listeners want to hear my podcast, you know, more often than they do. And I totally get that and want to fulfill that. And, you know, everything I read says that, like, the easiest way to, like, fuck up and not get listeners or lose listeners is to be inconsistent on delivery of your content. And I get that, too. I really do. So in the interest of that, like it occurred to me that like, I couldn't maintain that every week. And, you know, it's about like, maybe the podcast gets issued when it gets issued, which is really contrary to the concept of some type of set routine, like delivery time for the podcast. And honestly, it's fucking unfair to you, my loyal listeners. And, frankly, one has to wonder if I'm not trying to just grasp at some kind of idea that will, like, somehow reaffirm, like, my inability to put this podcast out more often. But, while it is true that I am lazy, I'm a lazy fuck dude. And so, it could just be laziness that's not getting it out. But what I actually am trying to say to you is, believe it or not, like... When I pass it down to podcasts, it's because I'm like, yeah, I got something to say. Even if I don't know what I'm going to say, I just know inside me I have something to say. And so sometimes when I walk away from it mid-episode or I walk away from the podcast for a day or a month, I mean, it's because for whatever reason in that time, like, I don't have anything to say, man. And frankly, I don't want to force it because I think if you're listening to this podcast, if you stuck it out, all the way through Season 4, Episode 8. God bless you. Then, and I love you. And if you were here, I'd give you a handy right now. Um, (laughs) That's terrible, but funny. Um, (laughs) um, I don't even know. I just made a joke and then lost my train of thought. Oh, 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 oh. All I'm trying to say is, man, that I don't want to just give you, like, Z- Z- this shit. Like, I want to give you like Zubita weird and Zubita best and Zubita with a something to say, man. So I'm going to try to like, um, so I think I'm going to continue and, and do it when I feel like I'm doing it. However, because I, um, do think that your point of view is valid. What I am though trying to do is try to say that, um, I'll try to like look inside myself and check more often to see if I'm ready to say something that might help. Cause it might be entirely possible that I have something to say and yet somehow I, I haven't like asked myself that question. So then there's no podcast. I don't know where this was going at the beginning of the segment. Um, this podcast has gone really strange and it might be time to either wrap up. I don't, I hate to wrap. It's 20 minutes. We need to fucking wrap up. But I kind of feel like I've been on some weird rawr, rawr kind of piece. So here's what I'm going to do I'm going to hit pause, but you won't really know it because, you know, like, you know, when I hit record again, it'll be like instantaneous. But for me, I'm going to fucking walk away and I am going to think about how to. Wrap this podcast up with a bang and a laugh and a, a, you know, auditory handy season And time to They're probably peered through the curtains and like, look at them. Yeah. The crazy fuckers. At least they're still here. Yeah. And how can they stand to drink that swill? How's <laughs> 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 that not making them sicker or <laughs> yeah. all? Yeah. Hopefully it is. God, <laughs> that just pisses me off. Kid drinking fucking PBR. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, so when, when we, we were in <laughs> high school, <laughs> when we were in high school, there was um, this guy that and he lived in just the shittiest, shittiest ass section of town, and um, and and you only got to be his customer if a trusted customer basically said, "I want to introduce you to a new client," and then you basically had to not be a customer but come along several times until they got used to you. But this guy, so. His main his main occupation was he was a drug dealer. But his side operation was buying booze for respectable side yeah. for for underage for kids. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it was kind of a brilliant setup because frankly The were quite the... <laughs> Well he was using it to basically buy his own booze because what would happen is this <laughs> is you would have to show up to his house and you would have to sit there. And it might be 10 minutes and it might be two hours. Uh, However long it was convenient for him based on what other deals are going on and shenanigans are happening in this ghetto house. Wherever, how, how, how he wherever he, how high he, he, he was. high he was. And then eventually he'd be like, all right, let's go. And so he would get in your car. And he would direct you, and there's a thousand ghetto liquor stores, you know. In any ghetto, there's a th- you can not swing a cat without hitting seven on every corner. So there's a thousand ghetto liquor stores. So in the course of a night, he could hit five and never the same one and still be in a four-block radius of his home. And so he'd direct you to which one he went to, and he'd be like, what do you want? And, of course, we're pulling out our dollars and, you know, and, you know whatever. Oh, yeah, rolling into the eyes. of terrible. And we'd finally be like, all right, we want a six pack or four pack of Bartles and James, Strawberry Hill, and oh, uh, I'm not buying And we want. Uh, I got a reputation <laughs> this day. <Booms> far. <laughs> <laughs> and, <we> want, <laughs> uh, and at the time, I was a big I was a big rum and coke gal, and so and then I would always get some shitty rum, you know. Uh, to although I I would Bacardi was always cheap enough that I could get you know, the shitty Bacardi and 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 and, if, and and a pint of that and whatever. So you tell him that, and and the way it ran was is let's say that we had already priced out that we knew our shit was going to cost nine dollars. Is you get you had to give him fifteen or twenty for a nine dollar purchase oh, yeah. because what he would do is he would go in, buy your four pack of bottles and James your three bottles of booze, your pint of Bacardi, and then a bottle of whatever it was he drank. <laughs> so that and that was kind of his deniability cover was is these well-to-do white children are just driving me to the liquor store because he would drive me back to his house. You would never go back in after the purchase. You would just pull in the driveway and he would get out of the car with the bottle of whatever he had just purchased for himself. So, you know, I went into a liquor store. I came out and, and he would walk in the house. And so he would use, and then keep whatever loose change was left over. But basically his fee was buying a bottle of something. And so, and, 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 and I'm not going to lie. Like, you want to talk about, like, being sketchy and, like, like, really warring with, like, your better angels and your worse angels. Because there are a couple times, and there I am. I'm, like, 16 years old. And I'm sitting in this ghetto house. And there's all these drug deals going along. And I'm just waiting there, partying in another room. I'm just waiting for him to tell me and my friend that it's time to go to the liquor store. And, like, out down the hall would wander this, like, three-year-old little kid. Hey, who no, are you? And it'd be like no. 2 in the morning. <laughs> who are you? <laughs> and you'd sit there and talk to some little 3-year-old kid at 2 in the morning for, three, you know, 20 minutes. Oh, I'm just a friend of your dad's, like, you know. And Same time the people in the other room were like, who are these white chicks? <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> Why are they sitting in there? They knew. Right there? <laughs> they knew. And then so. Man, you like how I rounded this out? So, not only was it a funny clip to kind of, choo woo-hoo, bring us back up again, made me laugh several times, uh, and just enjoy reliving a great conversation, um, but man, it's like all part and parcel of the theme, feels like we're circling back to the hill portion of the program, which was where we started, and that whole billboard, see, I should have known the answer, man. Um, I was on track from hell, you know, for since high school, maybe earlier, I don't know. I was talking to one of my besties of besties yesterday. Uh, you know, again, time is meaningless in Zubin's world, but in your world relating to my world, I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. I don't know why I give time references, but tomorrow, yesterday, not tomorrow, yesterday for me, uh, I was telling a story to someone and I was saying that, um, I'm a terrible person. I'm going to burn in hell because of what I was gaining humor, um, from. And she was like, oh, my good friend and I always say, because we say those things to each other, too. And, and so we always, our, our joke is is that hell's where all the fun people are. Um, so that, you know, perked me right up again. So, you know, now, yeah, woo, I go. So, you know, fun, 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 fun. I'm going to, you know, there's got to be some cool song that I, I, I could slot in here right now. Um, you know, I feel like, you know, I don't know. There's gotta be something that would fit this moment. I, I really don't know what that actually would be, but um and I'm not doing it very well. But I will tell you that Apple Playlist today gave me Rockets of 1971, which, again, is very interesting and in talking about timing in the universe and, like, serendipity, because what did we start off with, too, is this whole, like, 1971 and, you know, Stairway to Heaven, and that's when I was born, and let's see what else came out in 1971. Oh, my God. Um, me and Bobby McGee, Janis Joplin, which is one of the songs that I'm renowned for in karaoke. So, With that, you know, I'm going to, I don't know, listen to that song. But I'm not going to let you listen to the song. I'm going to let you listen to the outro music um, brought to you by amazing composer, amazing musician, amazing teacher, and all-around awesome gal, Diana Davis, um, musician extraordinaire. So let's revel in her composition. And until next time, my friends. And I, my head oppressed by horror, said, Master, what is that I hear? Who are those people so defeated by their pain? And he said to me, this miserable way is taken by the sorry souls of those who lived without disgrace and without praise. They now commingle with the coward angels, the company of those who were not rebels, nor faithful to their God, but stood apart. The heavens, that their beauty not be lessened, have cast them out, nor will deep hell receive them. Even the wicked cannot glory in them.